And that gives the pastor the opportunity to say, I love hearing the sound yeah. of the Bible pages. <laughs> the the, the <laughs> rustling of those pages, yes. Yeah. It just means the word. Is, yeah. If the preacher is preaching well and preaching what God's word says, that takes out the worldview aspects. Like, this is what the Bible says, though. And so how are we going to live that out here in the world that we live in now? You know, back in the Middle Ages, maybe they handled it different. It was a different time, but the truth hasn't changed. And so this is the truth. What are you going to do with it? And I think it's a very humbling thing to be willing to do this, to get to that point, to admit God knows better than you. Welcome to Pastors of the Roundtable. It's good to be with you. It's good to be with you guys um, around the table today. This is the Discipleship Podcast of Monroe Missionary Baptist Church. And it's brought to you by Together in Christ, the teaching ministry of MMBC in Monroe, Michigan. Our goal together is to encourage thoughtful discussion about the Christian faith and to connect you to the people and the ministries of MMBC. Um, Last episode... We sat around the table here and we talked about what preaching is. We kind of tried to talk about what we're doing, what's happening in preaching, what its place is in preaching, what its connection is to the Bible, um, how we can, um, you know, just, just all sorts of things about preaching. This episode today, we want to tag on to that, the previous episode, and now we want to move it to kind of the pew and think about how can we listen to preaching and benefit from God's Word as it's being explained to us from the text through the preacher who's explaining and making things clearer for us as to what God's Word is telling us. Um, To do that today, we have a, a little pamphlet here, I guess is what you'd call it. It's called Listen Up, A Practical Guide to Listening to Sermons. It's published by The Good Book Company, and it's by Christopher Ash. Um, this is a this is a very helpful little booklet um, that goes through um, just just giving guidance on on how we can benefit from God's word as we're listening to it preached, and so that's kind of what we're going to be going through today. He gives some uh, helpful principles and helpful guidance on that issue. So we'll be going through that together. Um, sitting around the table with me is Scott Slater, family pastor here at MMBC. Matt Bates, music and media pastor. Tim Icoangeli, our lead pastor here at the church, and my name is Spencer Snow, discipleship pastor here at MMBC. So guys, um, we're, we're looking here at Listen Up, a practical guide to listening to sermons, and Christopher Ash here is giving seven ingredients for healthy sermon listening. Seven ingredients. Um, is there anything before we dive into the points that you'd like to say about the book, or anything before we go into the individual steps? Uh, I think when I first got it and I read it, uh, it's been like a year ago or something like that, I remember thinking, man, that would be a great book for everybody in the church to read, but then I thought that would seem maybe wrong coming from the one who's preaching, telling everybody to listen. Um, (laughs) Listen up! (laughs) So (laughs) it was kind of like, I don't know how this would come across to give these to everybody, but... It is very helpful. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, even, I listen to sermons all the right. time and, and stuff. So just even in that aspect of listening and retaining. And so I look forward to talking about it. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it uh, it is, I mean, as people listen to us talk about it, they're going to get the content, a lot of the content. But it's really helpful. I mean, like Tim, you just said that we listen to sermons all the time, but we're pastors. And I think that we're a little bit more prone to do that. I know that there are a lot of church members that will just listen to sermons, but sitting and listening to teaching is not something that's very normal to happen. But just what I'm thinking is that even people who are in school right, uh, and getting instruction from people, that's very not, just not often just sitting and listening to a lecture. Mm. You know, usually like a public school teacher is usually not considered to be a very good teacher if that's what they're doing. Um, but like a lot of college, like that's what you're doing. You're get, you're getting a lecture or something like right. that. Right. It's just not a normal means of communication outside of the church world. Right. Once you're out of school, and so people, um, they lose the skill of listening. Mm. And so I think people investing, regular church members investing in something like this, would be helpful to them mm. if they actually want to get something out of 
if you want to say it that way, the sermon. Right. Well, because there's a way that we can benefit from God's Word. We can show up and hear the sermon, but two people can come and listen, and some of us are actually listening, and some of us are not actually listening. We can benefit from it, and others of us can hear the same thing, but walk away with drastically different impressions of of the sermon. And it, and it can just be because we haven't been literally listening and hearing mm-hmm. hearing God's Word. So the first thing that he tells us, the first ingredient that Christopher Ash lists is expect God to speak. In other words, what he's getting at is the fact that whenever the preacher, the one who is sent, the one who's called and recognized by the church, is up there preaching the word of God to the people of God, insofar as what the pastor is saying is biblically correct, that is the word of God. So expect God to speak. And so he's saying that we should come, whenever we're hearing preaching, we're not just hearing Tim or Scott or Matt or Spencer's opinion. We're hearing the word of God speak, not because I or any of us have authority ourselves. It's a, As Chris Fresh says, it's a borrowed authority from the text of Scripture. Mm-hmm. So we need to come expectantly that we're we're hearing the words of the Holy One of Israel. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Again, just understanding, you know, what it means to approach Scripture, all these things we've been talking about in the podcast, praying together, um, the reading of God's Word together, and the preaching of, of really what is happening. You know, the Bible speaks of spiritual battles that take place every day, mm-hmm. like spiritual battles that we can't even see. It speaks of that, and that's that's a true thing that is happening. And one of the ways we battle and fight is by coming together mm-hmm. and doing those things. And then also the preaching of the word. And God God uses the preaching of the word to help us in those battles, I believe, to even mm-hmm. tear them down and really destroy. So it is it is a vital part of our of our walk with the Lord. And if we are God's children, right, if we've been adopted into his family. We're saved by his grace. The Bible tells us that he loves us. It says if, if your earthly father can give you good gifts, the Bible says, think about the good gifts that I can give you. So often I think our mind wants to go to like material things, mm. but think about the good gift that God has given us a weekly time where we open his word together and we actually get to hear from him mm. by somebody he's called to preach mm. his word. Right. That's special. Right. right. That we get that time with him each mm. week. One of the things that I've heard, um, <laughs> I heard somebody one time uh, talk about um, hearing the word of God, hearing God speak to you. And <laughs> this individual said one time, he said, uh, like about, is there an audible voice when God spoke to this in the Old Testament or something? He said, no, it's clearer than that. <laughs> and I think... Um, Sometimes people think they we often hear, well, God told me this. And I get very uncomfortable when people start telling me that. Well, God told me to do this, or God told me to do that. Unless it's found in the scripture and you're drawing a necessary inference or it's plainly stated from scripture, I don't, I don't personally want to say that myself that God told me to do this. Hmm. And whenever we're com- if you want to hear God and listen to God's voice, show up at church mm-hmm. because every Sunday God speaks through the preacher according to the word. And I think that's really important because we live in a, in a culture where people are always looking for some inward spiritual, super spiritual voice. And, um, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm hearing one now, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but I think sometimes people are looking for that. And whenever they can, whenever you can actually tell them no, you can actually show up, and you don't have to go look inward or in mm-hmm. some weird dream or some weird feeling. You show up, and he speaks every Sunday. That's very comforting to know that God is found by me. Mm-hmm. Like God finds me, and He does it in a very ordinary way every Sunday. Yeah. Um, so He gives some practical steps, you know, to doing this, to coming expectant. Uh, and it says, you know, if, if you have the ability to know what the passage is going to be, he says, to read to read that passage just so you're already thinking about it and right. meditating on it. Um, I mean, think about it. If, if you come and you do some faithful study in God's Word on that passage, I'm going to guess 
if the pastor does a good job as well, you're going to see some mingling of right. what you both have found, <laughs> right? Probably, yeah. right? Um, and so you already kind of know where it's going. It says to pray for Sunday's preacher mm-hmm. during the week. I mean, if this is true, if he's speaking for God to these people, mm-hmm. that's a big task. So pray, so pray for that man, and then praying for yourself that God will speak to you. I really like number four. I, mean, I don't think we can get away from this, but it says to come not exhausted, but to mm. come awake and Rested. ready. Like our service starts at 1030 and you shouldn't get up at 1015 and rush here to be here at, right. at 1030 and to take it serious, you know, right. at all, you know, get a good night's sleep the night before. Come, come again, ready and prepared. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little early isn't a bad thing. Right, uh, ready to go, ready to and, hear what God has to say. And that, that ties into, I think we'll probably get into this later on in the series. But the whole point of the fourth commandment, remember the Sabbath day. At least one part of that is you need to set everything else aside. Yeah, and your schedule needs to be rearranged at some level mm-hmm. so that you can focus on God and be together with God's people. And so our schedules, God was telling his people, I am the Lord of your time. And so you need to set your schedules by me. And part of that is whenever you show up to hear the word of God, you need to put everything else aside. I think sometimes the biggest problem to distracting us is in worship is the thing in our pocket. Yeah, you know, I see people even on their phones, and there's not a wrong with having your Bible on your phone. It's not wrong, right. but uh-huh. I do, I do think it's a temptation. Yeah. Oh. Like we 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 yeah. don't shut the world out. Mm-hmm. The world doesn't stop. We just show up so we can get in and get our hour dose, so we can go right back out. And God is saying, no, mm-hmm. you need to devote time to being with me because you need me. Yeah, it ta- and it takes faith to do that. Mm-hmm. It takes faith. It took faith in Israel to say, you know what, I need to set aside time to go and gather with God's people. There's no excuse in our church anymore, anyways, to need your phone during the service unless you use it for note taking. Right. Which is okay. But you might say, well, my Bible's on my phone. We've now put Bibles in the pew in front of you. Yeah. So you actually could use that. Yeah. Because uh, this, again, speaking very personally, right. I would use that too. I'm, I'm using the Bible on my phone. It always leads to me checking my email, it always leads to me looking something up. Always. Or a text right. comes and oh, I'm yeah. distracted. Tim, Tim used that illustration. I've got to look at Absolutely. This. Right. Always <laughs> right. it happens. To Isn't me. Kroger open right now? <laughs> Maybe I'm weak. Maybe I'm uh, you know, weak minded and so I fall into that trap easily more easy than others. But I just I'm not one to say, leave it in the car and it's a sin if you bring it in here. I, I don't believe that, but right. um, it definitely can be an easy distraction for sure. Right. Let's move on to the next one here. Admit God knows better than you. Now, this is really good because um, one of the things about God's Word is it's painful. <laughs> it, can be, it can be very comforting, but it also can be very uncomfortable when we come to hear the Word of God. And so when we hear God's Word, sometimes we're going to hear it, and God gives us a command through Scripture, or Christ is there's a challenge or whatever it is, it can be uncomfortable and we can try to find ways to push that away or deny that or cover it up or try to think we can reinterpret this and the pastor's kind of crazy. But we need to come to the text humbly. I think in some ways this is like um, Isaiah 66, 20, Isaiah 66 verse 2, uh, that God looks to those who tremble at my word and have a contrite heart that you hear God's word, and there's a, at a certain level, whenever God's word is preached, there are certain things like his, whenever there are threatenings in the scripture, we should be scared. Mm-hmm. That's the appropriate yeah. response. That's the <laughs> point, right? And there's things we, it, we should feel uncomfortable. And so admit that God knows better than you whenever you're coming to hear the word of God. And, and, and if God speaks this to you, don't push it away. Listen humbly and with a broken heart. Yeah. I think, I mean, another way to say what this point is trying to get at is you should not only come expecting to hear from God, you should also come expecting to be changed. Yeah. Come Mm -hmm. with the understanding that you actually need to hear something that is going to be said because there there are things you don't understand about God. There are areas of your life that have maybe not yet submitted to his lordship, 
that maybe you're living in patterns of sin that you haven't thought about and will be exposed through this. Um, you know, uh, my wife and I have at times had conversations to where we actually like listening to sermons that are convicting to us because that's a sign to us that God is working on our hearts, yeah. you know, that we're engaging with it, you know. And so if, if you come to a church, whether it's our church or a different church, you come to church and you're all you expect to hear is things that you already agree with and that you already know, well, that's not that useful to you. you could know, just be the flesh. Sense. Yeah, you know, and so it, in a sense, it, and it's good to, to hear things that you didn't know before or to be, you know, kind of hit a, get a punch in the gut every day. Mm-hmm. We need that. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when we have four to 500 people walk in this building or whoever's listening their church, however many people, there's that many different worldviews, right, and just different... We've all gone through different things in our life, things I've experienced that you haven't that affect maybe how I think or how I mm-hmm. uh, process things. And, and so you have all these different worldviews. And so one tendency I do think that's really common is for people to listen to the sermon and to say, well, that's the pastor's point mm-hmm. of view mm-hmm. on that. And again, if you go back to what we talked about in the last podcast, if you're going to preach well, it's not going to be your point of view. It's mm-hmm. going to be what God's Word says. And so... Yeah. If the preacher is preaching well and preaching what God's Word says, that takes out the worldview aspects. Like, this is what the Bible says, though. And so how are we going to live that out here in the world that we live in now? You know, back in the Middle Ages, maybe they handled it different. It was a different time. But the truth hasn't changed. And so this is the truth. What are you going to do with it? And I think it's a very humbling thing to be willing to do this, to get to that point, mm. to admit God knows better than you. Actually, the sermon that I'm preparing now is in Psalm 2. And at the beginning of Psalm 2, the nations rage against God. Mm. They plot against God. And then at the end of Psalm 2, in verses 10 through 12, God says, now are you willing to kiss the hand of the king? What a humble thing to ask someone to do. Like, I'm raging against you. I'm raging against the things that you're saying. I'm raging against who you are. And then at the end, you're asking me to come and to bow and to kiss the hand of the king that you set up. That's a very a very humbling thing to, to be asked to do. And that's what we're being asked to do every time we hear a sermon, is are you willing again to submit to him and to what he is saying and being willing to do that to say, God, I don't know what's best for my life. You do. That's right. It's a hard thing to do. Yeah, it's very hard. <laughs> Number three, check the preacher. I'm not sure about the grammar of this. Check the preacher says what the passage says. Basically, make sure what the, the preacher is saying is what the Bible actually says, right? Um, yeah, so have your Bible with you. Right. right. Read it. And this is also, <laughs> I'll go back a few episodes, that's why we read the Bible publicly, yeah. to make sure that the preacher is saying what the Bible says. Yes, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. It anchors and holds the pastor accountable. It's yeah. for the Congress. Mm-hmm. It's for your benefit if you're in the pew that we read the Bible right. at an extensive portion mm-hmm. because it's, it's holding everyone in this room accountable mm-hmm. that God is actually the one speaking mm-hmm. here. And I mean, and I would, I would encourage people to study passages for themselves. Like, if you're like, is that what that says? Right. Like this is what Pastor Tim said. Is that really what the go study it? Right. And if you have questions, ask. Like right. email, call, see me, ask. Sure. And I I love having conversations about the Bible that's not done just to nitpick, you know, mm. or there's some who do that, you know, every little thing, yeah. grammar or whatever, right. you know, they just want to nitpick. But if you're coming like you said this, and I, I struggled with that. I didn't know if that was true, and I've been doing some studying, and I see this. I think most pastors would really like to have that conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, let's talk about it. Of course, because part of your preparation of that sermon is studying those things. Usually, yeah. You know, asking yourself those questions. Sometimes there's two sides or three or four sides mm-hmm. that you could land on mm-hmm. on a particular issue. Mm-hmm. Issue, And if you're a good pastor, you've done your research mm-hmm. and you've landed on that mm-hmm. side for what you think is a good reason. And so there's when a pastor preaches a sermon, there is normally hours worth of more that they could say about a passage. And so when you're affording them mm-hmm. that opportunity... They will usually take it, yeah, right. right? Unless you know it's unless it's an insecure pastor that feels like you're challenging their authority. Mm-hmm. Most good pastors would really like mm-hmm. to actually talk about the sermon with you. Mm-hmm. So, 
it's our our disposition should be. It's kind of like was it was it the Ronald Reagan phrase "trust but verify" or something like that, right? Yeah. And that's kind of the way with your pastor. Trust him, but verify. Yeah. It's not saying have a critical right ear for everything that right. he says. Because, and, yeah, because I think there's that's the other side of it is sometimes we can be so critical that we're just waiting for the pastor right. to make some kind of yeah. and you know and you're being so unfair and um. I'm going to drop his name again. C.S. Lewis points out about this <laughs> whenever you read. Is it? Uh, I don't remember where it's at. If it's in the one of his books, but he talks about the fact that whenever you go, don't just be there just to be critical of everything. You need to be receptive to the yeah. good that's going right. on. Yeah, exactly. And 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 so that's that's a hard issue. I know this is minor, but like I've had people come to me and say, "You said uh, I'm making this up off the top of my head. You said Deuteronomy 29:30. <laughs> there is it doesn't exist, and I'm like." Let me look. And on my notes, I mistakenly wrote Deuteronomy 29.30, you know, but I actually pulled 29.13 or whatever, and I'm like, yeah. oh, you're right. Oh, no. You know, it's like, <laughs> at least they're verifying. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's because it's not perfect, and I don't want to lead people <laughs> astray at all. But sure. I know that's a minor Tim thing. Tim over here adding to scripture. <laughs> yeah, I know it's a minor thing, but I really try to check those things. But it does right. it does happen, and right. I don't want sure. right. to be wrong on stuff um, like yeah, that. Or Acts 29. I mean... <laughs> yeah, it's a it's an added no, um. <laughs> and something. I mean, this is kind of a side note, not just for the listener, but also for the preacher. Uh, so this might have belonged in a previous podcast episode or a future one. But in terms of verifying and the context of what we're talking about, is following along in your Bible. If you're preaching a sermon and you reference a passage of scripture, or you say, "I'm going to turn here," or "Turn with me to a passage of scripture." actually give people time to turn hmm. whether it's 10 or 20 seconds it'll seem awkward but the only people it's going to be awkward for are the people that aren't turning to the passage <laughs> of the bible right and so like we as pastors need to be mindful of that as well yeah. Yeah, and that we gives want... the pastor the opportunity to say i love hearing the sound yeah. of the bible pages <laughs> <laughs> the, the rustling of those pages yes yeah. it just means the word is... yeah Oh, yeah, you can always tell a Baptist because he goes in with the biggest <laughs> Bible he can into the church. Yeah, and uh, I remember <laughs> I heard somebody talk about a different church tradition. They're like, no one shows up with their Bibles. They just, you know, he's like, we're Baptists. We go in, we're here to, here to word. <laughs> so um, now we talked to her before, the, before recording this about paper and pen and taking notes. Now, whether you do that or not, that could be a helpful practice for you to follow the argument sure. um, mm-hmm. to, to make sure the pastor is... Is uh, is being faithful to the biblical text, and some of, some others might not do that. But the key is, and he has this great question: is to ask ourselves, where did the preacher get that from? Mm-hmm. And that's a helpful question for all of us in the pew: is where did he get that from? Yep. Because ultimately, yeah. we want to hear what God says. Another way to maybe use this same point uh, to verify what the preacher is saying is that a good practice uh, to to do as a person, as a family, as friends is uh, plan to talk about the sermon at some point during the week with somebody. Mm-hmm. I know families that will get home and on Sunday afternoon they'll talk about mm-hmm. it or people will go out to lunch, they'll talk about the sermon. So ask yourself the question, what do I need to do to be able to actually have a good conversation about that? That's good. And so for some, like we talked about before this podcast, some people taking notes is distracting. I would have a very hard time personally talking about the sermon after if I didn't take notes. I wouldn't be able to remember what was said. You know, and so just if you have that mindset of coming into the sermon thinking to yourself, I'm going to need to have a conversation about this after the sermon, mm-hmm. I'm going to pay attention a lot better to that. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. Some of us write it on paper, and others of us, it's written on our hearts. But <laughs> oh, I, mean, I mean, I don't know. I mean, you know, it's, it's, all, it's all whatever. Um, let's go to point four. <laughs> Hear the sermon in church. Hear the sermon in church. And what he's getting at here is, is with the benefit and the blessing of technology, we, we have a wonderful blessing of hearing sermons online or on TV or on the radio. There's lots of good preachers out there. But what he's getting at here is the fact that you need to be in church to hear your preacher, your local preacher. Um, I remember, and this is a, a seminary thing, I remember, I think it was Carl Truman, who uh, used to teach at a seminary, a Westminster Seminary in Philadelphia. And one of the things that was, that was disturbing to him, he said, is that whenever he would talk to students and he would talk to them about the preachers that most influenced them, most of the time it was 
the big name preachers that was not their local pastor. Mm. Mm-hmm. And he found that troubling. And I think that's it should trouble us to a certain degree. We we can be blessed by by very gifted preachers who have um, more well known ministries, mm-hmm. but we want to be anchored to our local church, right? And there's something of a blessing that happens whenever we're gathered here. We can't just mute or flip off our pastor in the middle of the service, mm. right? Yeah. I mean, that's been a big concern of mine through this pandemic is that our people are not listening to the sermons we're putting out. And it's not a, again, it's not a prideful thing. It's not a, I have the right answers. Those guys don't. It's not, it's not that maybe, maybe sometimes depending on who you're listening to, I would say that, mm. but it's because this isn't perfect, the setup that we have right now, but it's like, we're trying to be the church that we can. And this is what God has laid on our hearts as pastors for us as a church. And so you need, you need to hear it. And so especially now, like when we're, when we're doing this podcast now, some churches are open, but some aren't. And so like right now ours isn't, it will be in a couple of weeks. Like I have this fear that some of our people be like, I'm just going to go to church over here. And it's like, no, that's, I don't think that's very good either. If that's just, if your heart is like, I'm going to be more holy by going and this stuff. But it comes down to this. There's something special about coming here. I think there's an accountability aspect to hearing mm-hmm. it in church. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I will be honest. I see you when I'm preaching. I see you on your phone. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I see you falling asleep. I see you yawning. I see you looking out the window. I see that your head has been down the whole time. You say there's no way you can see that with 400 people. I see the people. drool coming out yeah. of your mouth. I see it's you like, laughing. Yeah. Some of you might get away. I see you who leave every Sunday at the same time to go to the bathroom at point two or whatever. Like, <laughs> I know this happens. I expect it. I'm sorry about that, by the way. That's okay. Yeah. You guys <laughs> but I say this for this reason is there is an accountability aspect, one, to me as I'm preaching, but two, also to each other. Like, I'm sure you... As you sit in the pews, people notice that, you know, like you notice a person daydreaming off. You notice the head that just almost smashed the pew in front of them because they fell asleep. Like you see those things. And I'm not saying this is the right motivation, but there's like some embarrassment to that and hopefully to help keep you focused. And uh, and then hopefully it's not going to be this way when we meet right away, but usually we gather after and talk and hopefully it's not just random talk. Mm -hmm talk about the message and mm-hmm. things. And yeah. again, what'd you hear? What'd I hear? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think another thing too is that this point isn't just about our vanity as pastors of a local church that we want you to come. It's also in your best interest mm-hmm. to go to a local church and be committed to that church. Because if you, instead of doing that, only listen to sermons online, a lot of times I know the people that will do that you kind of pick and choose who you listen to mm. and which sermons you listen to and like you search archives and you mm. listen to that. Well, you are then the one choosing what right. you hear, which means that there might be some things that you don't hear that you actually need to hear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that's We talked about that. Is mm. That's why we preach expositionally through books of the Bible. Here is to make sure we cover a wide variety of topics mm-hmm. that God is leading us to hear. Mm-hmm. So if you don't do this, you're missing out on that. Mm. Another thing you're missing out on is if you're listening to a pastor in Texas, you know, or Minnesota or something like that, they are preaching to their local congregations. They're crafting sermons that they know apply to the specific situations of the people in their churches. Mm -hmm. And so there might be some things that apply to you in that passage, Mm. in that sermon, but your pastor here is they have you in mind Mm -hmm. when they are preparing this sermon. There are some things that they know you might need to hear, which goes back to a previous Mm -hmm. point of, you know, be humble enough to listen Mm -hmm. to what's being said. Mm -hmm. They have you in mind. They're thinking about sins they know people in church struggle with. Mm -hmm. They're thinking about the struggles that they know that you have. Mm -hmm. And all of those things are helping them come to application. And they've prayed for you, too. They've prayed for you, you know, and so um, they love you. You know, yeah, listen there's to nothing the more encouraging to a pastor, I think, to look out and see people who've come when you've prepared. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you're thinking about them, and it is. Uh, there's been times when I don't. I don't prepare sermons. I don't think any of us do for like an individual. You know, we're not like, oh, this is going to get them good. You know, maybe <laughs> maybe at times that happens. <laughs> but there have been times where I've known like families are going through something that's really hard, mm-hmm. and. And when I'm preparing, I'm like, I really think this is going to be a benefit to them. And mm. then you get up and they're not there. Yeah. 
Yeah. And it's like, oh, man. Which like, that actually gets into yeah. what the next point is. Does it? Yeah, the application. Right, oh, yeah. right. Yeah, so in the next part, we'll go ahead and go there. Good job, Scott. Be there week by week. So when show up at your local church, but whenever you show up at your local church, be there the first Sunday of the month, the second Sunday of the month, and the third Sunday of the month. Should they be there? And the, on the fourth, fourth week? Sunday of the month, <laughs> if at all possible. And I think often I'm going to say that if at all possible. What about the fifth week? If, what if there's a fifth Sunday? Oh, if there is, if it's February 29th, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Of course, there's, there's, ever have five? Right, <laughs> right. We don't take fifth Sundays off. So um, but you need to be there every week consistently because you're missing out. Um, it's pretty sad. In church, in church statistics now, they say, you know, what do you have on Sunday? Oh, I got 450. Well, do you have that every week? Yeah. Well, it's probably not the same people. So you actually probably have a church of 600 and some. It's just now the committed come, the committed come twice a week in church mm. statistics, which is just crazy right. to think that that's considered committed to come half, half the time. Right. You know, this isn't baseball. Right, <laughs> right. Where a three hundred percentage gets you into the Hall of Fame, um, we we should be here whenever we can be. Right. Sickness happens, vacations right. happen, work happens sometimes. Mm-hmm. Things like that happen, and yep. that's understandable. Mm-hmm. I understand that completely. Um, but man, we I think it's been took a little too far. That base, you know, kids sports always come first. Um, baby showers. It drives me crazy when church members say, well, you know, we scheduled a birthday party for Sunday for lunch. So we were at home getting ready for it. And it's like, everybody who's going to be there was here. Right. And you weren't here. Like schedule at a different time. Why would you have to do it at that time? You know, it's just, I I think it's, I think it's simple if I'm being quite honest with you. Again, the thing is, I mean, just you're not doing yourself a benefit. No. You know, when you think about it, if you ask yourself the question, how often do I actually need spiritual nourishment Mm. in the form of fellowship, in the form of biblical teaching? If you only come two weeks out of the month, that's only 26 Mm. days Mm. out of the entire year that you're getting this. And we're just talking about Sunday morning here. But, like, you know, what we're not saying is you should feel guilty for not being here. If there's actually a good reason, like if somebody in your family is sick, you're a parent, you have to take care of this child, you don't need to feel guilty for not being here. But you do need to think about this. You should always plan to be here. So kind of what you said, don't like, you know, don't schedule to go uh, away somewhere, you know, if, if at all possible to do that. And the reason I say that is because, you know, when you plan that, this is kind of hard to, to get out straight, but when you plan to be away somewhere, and you say, we're only, you know, planning on being away one weekend out of the month. Well, it happens in a lot of families, especially young families with children that are very busy. I've seen it happen all the time where what actually ends up happening is that somebody gets sick and you can't go. Well, that's one weekend. You've already, so now it's two weekends you're not there. Well, then something else happens. You get called into work and you can't get out of it. Well, boom, now that's three weekends that you're not there. Mm-hmm. And so now instead of just, instead of only missing one, guess what? You've missed right. three. Yeah, and right. it's understandable. The two of those were due to things that you could not control, mm-hmm. but one of them was something you right. could control. Yeah. And so, again, not trying to guilt people into this, but at the same time, if you are capable of planning to be there, you should. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and the danger that's coming because I'm hearing it within church circles. People are saying the biggest blessing that's coming out of this pandemic is churches are realizing they can go virtual, and. I mean, churches are being encouraged to almost like have a virtual church. Like you're going to have your congregation who comes to your church, but then you also are going to have a virtual congregation that you should care for and minister for. Mm. I think that's horrible. I don't think that's a good thing. I don't think that's a good biblical practice. Now, there are people who are shut-ins. There are people who, for certain reasons, can't come to church. And I do think it's our job as, as a church to care for those people mm-hmm. the, best that we, yep. the best that we can. But that's not what they're talking about. Right. Mm-hmm. They're talking about people who find it comfortable to stay home and listen to sermons on their couch mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Right. That is not a good thing. That's not a thing that should be taught. That is not a good thing that would come out of this pandemic. I would say that would be a horrible thing. Right. That would come out of this pandemic. And so I just wanted to mention that because I yeah. think that's a practical thing. Don't 
don't get caught in that. I mean, we're already seeing our numbers go down in views. We're seeing, we're seeing that, how easy it is to get out of that. And when we finally get to start gathering mm. again, I would encourage people, make a point to be here. Right. Well, and I think that, yeah, I think that it, what we arrange, we will rearrange our schedules to what's important to us. Yeah. You, you, if you want to be there, you will be there unless you're providentially hindered by the Lord. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that is the, the Lord is the Lord of your time. Mm-hmm. And, um, and just because we have been freed in Christ doesn't mean that he still doesn't own our schedules. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, um, and I think that's, that's just very important. Also, I think it shows too what we think about church. If we, uh, Jesus said his commandments are not burdensome. But if coming to church is a burden to you, you need to check your heart and ask yourself, um, am I really thinking about church the right way? Because this should actually be the relief. Remember on the Sabbath day, yeah, fourth commandment, <laughs> you get to take a break. Yeah. If you had a boss who gave you all that, gave you 52 free days, and but instead of those days, you get to, it's Father's Day every day, you get to spend with your God, your father, every single week, entirely day, day devoted to being with him. You might take that up because mm-hmm. it's a good thing. It's a blessing. It's not a burden. Mm. And so if we, if we understood what was going on at church, um, and, and we really grasped it more and more and meditated on it more and more, I think it, it would, it would allure us to, to rearrange our schedules yeah. more. And there's a lot to say about the health, spiritual health benefits of regular church attendance, but mm-hmm. we're talking specifically in terms of how it impacts your ability to listen well to a sermon. Yeah. And uh, one of the things, especially if you are part of a church like MMBC that takes it upon themselves to preach expositionally right. through books of the Bible, uh, these are sermons that inevitably build upon themselves. Yeah. Right. So if you are missing every other week uh, uh, for reasons that you can control, uh, then yeah. uh, you're actually hindering your ability to understand that sermon, mm-hmm. you know. And so, uh, mm-hmm. a person that was able to come and hear every single sermon yeah. through uh, Galatians, for instance, that person is going to benefit so much more from that sermon series mm-hmm. than a person that only heard a quarter of the sermons. Mm. Yeah, because plus, on top of that, there are times we were preaching through Galatians Sunday night as right. well. Yeah. And so it was like this yep. sermon to this. And so if you're missing, I mean, you're missing like three sermons, yeah. Or yeah. four sermons yeah. out of eight sermons in the month or whatever, mm-hmm. you're catching two of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're not going to have the context necessary. You're right. not going to have the theological understanding necessary yeah. that's building upon. You're going to leave being like, man, pastor really hates Judaizers or something, but you never hear why. You don't hear the, the rest, you know, or sure. all this guy does is preach law all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, you missed the four weeks of grace. Like you weren't here when we really laid that foundation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, right. yeah. Well, and I really like too what he says here on page 16 before we move on. He says, the Bible is not designed to give me a series of instant fixes. Um, it is God's instrument to shape and mold my mind right. and my character into the likeness of Christ. And he says, and that takes time. Time. Plenty. So God's word is not only going to have the benefit that one time, mm-hmm. but you may be hearing a series that at the time you're like, I mean, this is good. I'm getting it, but it's not going to be, you know, you're not going to have that ooey gooey feeling, but maybe later on in your life, you're going to be like, I needed to hear that mm-hmm. when I did so that it would prepare me for this phase in my life. And God is yeah. forming us over that time. Number six, do what the Bible says. So he's highlighting here the fact that, um, whenever we hear the word, um, we, it, it shouldn't just simply go into our ears. It needs to go in through our ears and impact our heart mm. and then impact our hands and our in our lives right um it needs to to move us by god's grace to want to obey um god it's meant to change us mm-hmm. in, in practical ways yeah so when i try to prepare a sermon i always try to have at least some application in it right mm-hmm. so there's there's things in there that are not considered application maybe as you walk through the theology of the passage what it, you're really trying to pull out what is being said here but usually, I would say, I try in some way at the end of a sermon to address maybe those who are lost, like, what do you do with this? Mm-hmm. Which is usually respond to the gospel, yeah. hopefully, saving faith. And then uh, for the church, it's it might be something else, you know, uh, whatever. Whatever the passage was, it could be a challenge of prayer, it could be a challenge of... Uh, humbling yourself before your spouse more often. I mean, something practical, uh 
to some way. And that's not saying that's the only practical thing that came out of it. So I don't think this section should be too hard all the time to walk out of church and say, what now do I do? Because a lot of times we, we've given that to you of one thing at least you could do right. is this. right? And so try to do it. Try to practically do it. And I don't think it's fair to say, yeah, but God didn't really convict me of that. <laughs> well, if it's true, though, of his word, do it. Like, right. Try to do it um, and be and be faithful to that and see then what God will do and other things he'll show you. Mm-hmm. through that process it, it's a discipline thing yeah. you know uh, we're called to a lot of a lot of disciplines and we don't always feel like we want to do it we don't, don't always have this huge desire to do it but i think we've all found as we've faithfully done those disciplines we see god right. work that's part of those. repentance is grieving over sin and then endeavoring after new obedience mm-hmm. after yeah. after wanting to obey god's ways i mean just what comes to my mind was a passage at the beginning of acts in acts chapter two after the first sermon is preached. What was the response of the hearers? They heard that. Now what? Yeah, they what said in verse 37, now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. Mm. They were convicted. Yeah. They realized that there is something wrong about my situation, what I'm doing. And it says they were cut to heart in Peter and the rest of the apostles. And they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers, what shall we do? All right. They were looking for instruction mm-hmm. on what is the best way for me to respond. I realize something is missing from my life or something needs to change about it. Tell me what I need to do in order to be a, mm-hmm. a, obedient mm-hmm. to this passage of Scripture. Yeah. So I believe this podcast is going to air after we've been back. And so, God, Lord willing, I will have preached Psalm 2. And so, you know, what is the applicable thing from Psalm 2 that we could do? I mean, one of them that comes to my mind, I don't have the sermon crafted fully yet, but is are we putting our trust in the kingdoms of this world or in the king that God has established in, in Christ? And so are we living our life in an anxious way all the time, worried about where is America going or where is the world going in this and like where it's really, we're losing hope, we're losing joy. That it shouldn't be that way. And so actively in our life, trying to remind ourselves of the truth of God's word, mm-hmm. he has established his king. It's done. Mm-hmm. It's a done deal. I don't have to worry about it. And maybe maybe that's the application for this week's sermon in your life, right. is to remind yourself of that every time you start to feel mm-hmm. anxious. might seem small. might even seem insignificant to you, but I think the Lord will even use that as you're trying. You're trying to be faithful, mm-hmm. right? To right. respond to His right. Word. Yeah. Right. And some a practical way to maybe help yourself do that is if you don't take notes, at the very least, something you could do is just use like a little sticky note. And if the, the pastor is clear about the application, just write that down and look at it throughout the week and remind yourself, post it on your car or on mm-hmm. your mirror at home and just ask yourself, okay, I said on Sunday that I, you know, I do need to do that better and check in throughout the week. How are you doing? Hmm. You know, yeah. have you had an opportunity to actually mm-hmm. do this or respond differently in this situation or mm-hmm. believe something different when this challenge comes to you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. you know, have you done that? Good point. Let somebody in. Let them challenge you. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. Hey, call me on Thursday and see if I've done this. Let them do that. Yeah. You know, yeah. and be honest. Mm-hmm. Be honest with them. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Lastly, last point: do what the Bible says today, and rejoice. And here he's he's getting at the fact that of really the urgency, the necessity of whenever you hear God's word, you need to not only do it and receive it and believe it and obey it, but you need to do that now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Not simply put it off tomorrow right. or whatever. He he quotes from uh, uh, the Red Queen um, says to Alice in Through the Looking Glass, "Jam tomorrow, jam yesterday, but never jam today." Mm-hmm. And so the point is, is I'll do that yesterday. I may have you know or tomorrow, but mm-hmm. I'm never going to obey God right now. Mm-hmm. And so we always keep putting things off. One of Satan's best tactics, I think, really is just whispering that in our ear, like. No, you're too busy today. Tomorrow, it'd be easier right. tomorrow. So right. you could do it tomorrow. Right. You know that type of thing. Right. Um, always in my ear. I feel like with that, mm-hmm. not just in Bible stuff, but just <laughs> just in general. Tomorrow yeah. will be a better day to fold clothes. What happens to my diet all the time? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> diet starts tomorrow. Right. Yeah. It's supposed to rain tomorrow, so you could do that work inside right. tomorrow. Right. You know. So that mm-hmm. don't do it today. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, you and you've had a hard day. You know, yeah, you've had a hard day. Day. Have some ice cream. Lay down. You know, your kids don't need to play with you today. (laughs) They, you can play with them tomorrow. You know, right, uh, right. Just, just that kind of stuff. When it's like, Hmm. no, 
I need to do it today. Right. And I know I struggle with that, and I try to remind myself of that too. Just like yeah. if if uh, if something comes into my mind of encouraging somebody, like why didn't I send that text? Yeah. It's right. not hard to do that. Yeah. I could have easily <laughs> sent them and said, "Hey, I appreciate you. I just want you to know that it was just on my mind. I just mm. wanted you to know that how that could have lifted them up." takes no effort on my part, but I'm yeah. like, you know what? I'll do it after I get done with this. never happens. Yeah, right. I forget. Yeah. <laughs> I think one of the examples of this, just in a different way, but is uh, I often think about with my children because um, sometimes, you know, you can get frustrated with your kids or bothered by your children, and you're also thinking, you know, I want to be better with them. I, I want to love them better. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you look at your kids and they've grown up a little bit. And my kids are not as old as yours are, Tim. But still, you know, you look at them and you're like, wow, they've grown up and I've lost. I say the word lost, but you know, I've, that time I'm not going to get back anymore. Right, no. And it's like, wow. And I, I, I and, and you have a bit of hurt mm-hmm. inside your heart. Um, and I'm, and I think every parent has that to a certain degree. Um, and so I think the same thing with sin, right? You look at it after a certain while and you're like, wow, what have I done? Um, with this time that I've been given, why did I not grow more? Or mm-hmm. Why did I not love God more? Why did I think this was so important? Mm-hmm. Um, whenever actually it never really made me that happy and I knew it wasn't going to make me happy, instead I could have loved my wife better or loved my neighbor better or spent more time um, loving God the Father and trusting His grace. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, it's funny how these other things that we know are not going to make us happy. Um, but we will give in to them or just not do the right thing. It's, it's, it's a fascinating thing, sin. I like how he puts on the point. He says, do what the Bible says today without the obvious urgency. Yeah. But he also says, and rejoice. Right. And I think I fail in this a lot, just of seeing the wins in my life that God has allowed hmm. me to have. And so, like I just said, something as simple as sending a text of encouragement to somebody to see that as a good thing, you know, right. or, or you spend some time with your kids to not go to bed at night and say, should have spent 45 minutes more. Yeah. Well, at least, you, I mean, you did that. That's good. It's better than yesterday. Yeah. Let's rejoice in that. Let's rejoice that God's working in our mm. hearts, right? Mm. Let's rejoice he's mm. molding yeah. me and making me mm. into his image, even though it might be small and, like, nobody else notices it. Mm. Try to notice those things That's and, good. Uh, mm. and be encouraged by them. Yeah. I think it's important. It's really good. And to remember, too, the fact that you get to show up next week and hear the preaching, and every week you get to hear means the Father is still calling you back to himself. Yeah. <laughs> you're not, you know, even if you feel like you're beyond redemption or you've, you know, you're so frustrated, the fact that God the Father is speaking to you through his Son by the Spirit in that word, he's still calling you back to himself. Don't give up. Don't lose hope. Don't despair. Yeah, I've had seasons of my life where, it seemed like every sermon I heard was for me, written for me. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you guys have went through that, but like seasons where it was just like again and again and again. But I've also kind of had the opposite where I've heard sermons and it's just like, I don't know. I don't really know what God had for me, I guess, in that. Mm-hmm. Maybe this little thing and mm-hmm. where you almost are wishing could get back to that season. Mm-hmm. But I would say don't be discouraged mm-hmm. in either season but continue to be faithful right. in, in both of them. You know, mm-hmm. As God is really working on you and bringing you up step after step, it seems week after week, just challenging mm-hmm. you, go for the ride. Like, right. Endure that and, be, and persevere through that. Or if you keep coming in and you're like, I don't know, I just don't feel like I'm growing much, it's okay. Persevere. Right. You are, you are probably. Mm. Right? And be faithful to those little things like we said, like, whatever the application was of the sermon. Try to try to do that faithfully. Right. And also like the it's it's fascinating, right? The story Jesus gives of the parable of the uh the sower, right? Whenever he sows the seed, the plant that shoots up really quick is actually the plant that doesn't make it. Right. Mm. Yeah. It's the one that does the slow, steady, maybe sometimes imperceptible growth mm. that has all the fruit. And I think that's really important for us all to be reminded of. Sometimes the Christian life may be hard or it may feel slow or sometimes maybe like you're saying it's almost sometimes you're like boring what am i doing i'm just listening to this but take heart yeah if you're continually Mm -hmm. going back to the word nourish yourself on the word yeah and and nourish and grow and abide there Mm. because you're gradually going to get grown up sadly i feel like i've seen that in a lot of i hesitate to say christians because i don't i don't know if they really were 
but people who come into the church and it seems like there's this radical change in their life and they're the ones all of a sudden who seem to be leading the charge evangelistically in the church. Like, mm. we need to be out there. We need to be doing this. And they're, they're sharing the gospel with their friends, and, and it's encouraging to see. But I've also seen those people quickly wither at times because right. it was like their foundation really wasn't there yet. They didn't have that strength. They, they shot up, like you said, but then the, the cares of the world mm. seemed to slowly or quickly sometimes just yeah. swift them right, wipe mm-hmm. them right off the, the face of the earth. And I think then it's a job for us as a church to recognize those people and to try to care for them and even pull them back sometimes. But it's also um, good for me to see those people because it's challenging to me. Like, I need, we need to be out there. We need to have this same excitement with a backing of understanding. Right, um, right. It's the reminder that, you know, going through a spiritually dry season like we're talking about, you you don't necessarily have to measure your spiritual health by how you feel. Yeah from a sermon at a moment or like feel like God's speaking Mm -hmm. to you. But just thinking of these last two points of application, uh, are you being obedient? Mm. Are you living an obedient life? Take Mm. stock of your life. And, you know, are you, are you more obedient today than you were two weeks ago? Mm. And think about, Mm. think about things like that. Mm. Yeah. I mean, that goes back to that age of like, what's God's will for my life? I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. And it's like, are you, are you in his word Mm -hmm. daily? Have you been spending time praying? You know, how about how's your humility? Mm-hmm. Are you putting others before yourself? Like we can go through this list and we can do that in our life, even when we're mm-hmm. feeling dry. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times I think we'd see our dryness is probably because we're not doing that stuff too well yep. mm-hmm. and we need to get back at it. But then we thank God for that. Like, but now I see the yep. answer and yeah, I, right. I'm going to go back to this because God, you are right. faithful when these yeah, things right. happen. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know? That's good. And I guess in some ways that's what it is to walk by faith too. Mm-hmm. We don't walk by instant results. We walk by trusting the fact that faith is, I'm trusting him and I'm trusting that his plan works. Not that I can make it work, but that his plan works. And uh, that takes faith. Yeah. What do you say about Abraham, right? He believed the fact that God was able to do what he had promised. Mm. God hadn't given him a son yet, Mm -hmm. but faith said, God, you're able to do it and I think you will do it and it's going to work even though I don't know how it's going to work. And sometimes the Christian life's like that. I don't know how it's going to work. I don't know what this is doing. But you've told me Christ saves. That imputation works. I don't feel the imputation. Mm -hmm. Right, yeah. It's just there. (laughs) I mean, I just trust him. And, uh, you know, and so, um, yeah, anything else you guys like to add to that? He does talk about, um, you know, listening to uh, bad sermons, but um, but those are the things really to help as far as listening to. I don't think we're ever going to hear a bad sermon. Um, are you going to preach from now on or what? Oh. No. <laughs> I mean, no. I, mean <laughs> I, I think that is, in a sense, helpful to know, like, how do you listen to a sermon that is subpar? I mean, because, right. I, I mean, I'm not prideful enough to think that every sermon I ever preach is going to be an amazing yeah. sermon that's easy to listen to. I would say, to just to cover that really quick, I think a good thing would be, as Christians, I think more often than not, we need to give grace to the pastor, to the mm-hmm. preacher, than anything else. Right. And so, not trying to be nitpicky all the time, there's always, most sermons you can pull some good out of. Now, if, the, if it's heretical stuff, it's very easy, don't listen to them anymore. Right? right. Don't listen. Right. Get out. But you know, if they're if they're boring, doesn't mean what they're saying's wrong. Right. You know, if they're not always, um, I guess I don't want to say a scriptural because some people might say, well, then they're heretical. I don't mean that. If they are telling stories like right. we kind of talked about right. before, if they're starting to do that, right. that doesn't mean they're heretical necessarily, and it doesn't mean there's not some truth into right. the things they're saying. And so, trying to right. to pull that stuff out. Uh, but I would say the word there is grace. Give, give grace above everything first and foremost, um, mm-hmm. before anything else. Sure. Yeah. I mean, he breaks it down into three categories, and you kind of just hit all of them. But just to have a list, because I'm a list person, and it's helpful. It, you know, there's dull sermons that are honestly just a little boring to listen to, and then there are heretical sermons that you shouldn't listen to. They are saying something that mm. is. Uh, directly opposed in Scripture, or they're teaching something not true. But then there are kind of in between biblically inadequate sermons where the preacher isn't saying anything that's not true. It's just there's not really much Bible here. Mm. There's not really much meat being delivered. It's mm. kind of all just fluff and 
junk food. And hmm. so, you know, if, if you're having trouble listening to a sermon, think about which of these is that, mm-hmm. and that will kind of help you determine how right. to respond to that. I think a lot of people that think a sermon is dull, like um, a person maybe that coming out of a background used to hearing a lot of stories, a lot of fluff, a lot mm. of exciting things, but then goes into a, a church that preach preaches expositionally, right. like what we're trying to, I think they might come away thinking that the preaching at the church is a little dull. Mm-hmm. Well, I've personally seen a lot of people, actually, it's not dull, it's that you actually just don't have much knowledge of the Bible. Hmm. And so you don't have much context to hmm. listen to what's going on. And so if it's dull, maybe kind of turn introspective, like right. Tim said, show them grace, turn intro- introspectively and saying, is this dull because of a uh, something that I lack? You know, uh, what what do I right. need to do to try to work to not make this dull, yeah. if that makes sense. Well, and sometimes it's like the difference between if you're just eating fast food all the time, mm-hmm. then going home and eating a roast with mashed potatoes and gravy and rolls. Yeah. Like, if you're just eating Taco Bell all the time, hmm. I know some of you guys here really like Taco Bell. I love Bell, Taco Bell. But, uh, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, like we've we've got to tr- I think I think we're safe to say, by and large, even in American conservative Christianity, we, it's a fast food, mm-hmm. spiritually mm-hmm. speaking, preaching-wise. Uh-huh. And so if you go to a church where they're giving you the meat and potatoes every Sunday, it's going gonna, it's gonna to feel a little different. Yeah. And, and you're not going to get the sugar yeah. buzz. There's a story, I, I'm not going to get all the details right, but it's of a family that moved uh, to an area, and the only church that they could find, they went there, and um, that, the, that they agreed with theologically, they went there. But their one complaint was that the pastor was a little boring. Mm. Uh, but they they kept going. They were faithful in going. And then a couple of years uh, went by, and they ended up having to move for a job again. And so they did. And then when they went away, they looked for another church again. And what they realized was is that every church that they went to, they did not feel like the teaching was adequate. Mm. Because what was actually happening is at the previous church, the preacher was trying to preach faithfully from mm. Scripture and feed them real, mm. like what you just said, meat and potatoes. Right. And they didn't realize at the time how much they were actually being spiritually nourished mm. by that yeah. until it was taken away from them. That's good. I'll say for me, like when preaching, I have to, I have to force myself not to tell stories and stuff because especially – I actually – yesterday was my one year – as lead pastor here, Woo-hoo. and so yeah, I made it a year. That was congrats. Half of it through a pandemic, which was, no one was around. So, um, <clears throat> but part of my desire is I want the people to like me. It's just normal, right? And so right. I want to tell them stories about my family. I wanted to even tell them funny stories, maybe that happened to me during the mm-hmm. week. Like, oh, they would appreciate this. They'll see some of my personality. Like, I want to be able to do that stuff. And so often, that's on my mind. But when I'm preaching, I'm like, now's not the time for that. Mm. Yeah. Like, I want to do that. And I think they would leave saying, that was a funny story. You know, or they would leave <laughs> thinking, that was great that Pastor <laughs> Tim talked about that. But it's like, I can't. I can't. Everything in me says, do it, fleshly. But everything, what I think is right and true publicly says, just shut up and, and say this. This is what you need to be saying. And so... Um, it takes wisdom on the part of a pastor. I think so. Right? Because sometimes yeah. the stories will add to the sermon. It'll make it relatable. Right. It'll mm-hmm. make it understandable. Other times it distracts from mm-hmm. it by making yeah. him and his family or his experiences right. the main point. And I know this is going back a little to last time, but your personality should show when you preach. I do believe right. that. Yeah. Right. And there's time for humor. There's there's time for stories and stuff like that. And you just have to be really careful with it, I right. think. And so... Um, yeah, just giving grace to somebody there because you don't know they might have a ton of stories, right. maybe. But they're just saying, no, now's not the now's not the time for that, or or maybe they do act like that more on Wednesday, but you don't go on Wednesday, you mm-hmm. know, or right. Right. or on Sunday night, maybe yeah. you see more right. of that out of your pastor, but right. you're not there, right. so mm-hmm. that's more on right. you. Then. Well, and in judging sermons by your local pastor, judge the long haul. Don't just judge one sermon. You know, it's like uh, I use a sports analogy, right? Like. You might have the best pitcher. You may have Jack Flaherty, right? I'm a Cardinals fan, right? So you may have Jack Flaherty there, and sometimes he may throw a dud as a pitcher. But the other games, he's going to be throwing pretty good. And so it's your, your pastor is not – he's going to have bad days. Every single one of us is not going to 
is not going to be throwing fastballs yeah. every single you know every single Sunday, and and so I think also uh, the that's also another I go back to this, but that's another reason why we read the Word because even if your pastor is having a just because he's he's not maybe doing the best as he's done before. If you've got the word and he's still preaching faithfully, you're still getting the word of God. You know what I mean? And just um, give him grace because you need grace at your job too. <laughs> you know, just being honest, right? I mean, we all need grace. Yeah. Um, and so, and, and last I heard, that's what our religion was about. Amen. <laughs> so, um, all right. Well, is there anything else you guys want to say before we close up? Scott's looking around. Okay. All right, well, thanks, guys, for joining us. It's been wonderful to have this discussion. Um, I hope it's been edifying to you guys um, at home. Um, If you'd like a copy, I'm sure that we could um, find you one. It's called Listen Up, A Practical Guide to Listening to Sermons by Christopher Ash. It's published by The Good Book Company. It's a great little pamphlet, uh, booklet. Um, I think you might find it helpful at home um, if you're wanting to, to really try to focus and, and re-listen and, and really grasp more and benefit from God's preached word. Um, we thank you so much for listening to this, and uh, we look forward to uh, talking with you again. Take care. Bye-bye.